heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. You start to connect the dots on a lot of these stories, and you have to think, you know, is, is somebody really pulling the, the levers here, the, the, the puppet strings more or less? It, you know, is it the Bill Gates, the Barack Obama crowd, somewhere in a smoky-filled room full of fossil fuels? Of course, that they used to fly their planes, float their boats, drive their limos, all while hiring illegal immigrants to maintain the lifestyle they've been accustomed to, right? Yeah. Or is it the media class who profess to be the news talkers? But as everyone knows, they're fulfilling their duties to a uh, really a higher corporate hierarchy. Uh, They are detestable, agenda-driven critters of corruption of the worst kind, uh, our media class I'm speaking of. Is it the political operatives that are elected to serve their fellow citizens when they sell them out of the most devious ways? You know, we're talking Democrats, Republicans, independents. How is it that these folks get super wealthy while on the job for the American people? And and the other big question I ask you all the time, and I don't know if I'll ever get an answer, why are we sending the worst of us to represent us in government? I mean, why? This is a, a citizen legislator. Why are we sending the worst of us? I mean, you know, the keepers of the house, they're robbing us blind people. So you look at the different factors here, and, and I always wonder, where, who's calling the shots? I mean, or, or the other element, is it, you know, are, are people just that stupid otherwise? And, you know, I, I really do think about it. Are, are people, are they losing their collective minds? And are, are people that silly that they come up with the sort of scenarios that we're going to talk about today on The Voice of a Nation, you know? I received a, uh, a really interesting little quip uh, from uh, a uh, host on the platform here, which uh, is really so much truth in here. Y- you've got to hear this. You- you've just got to hear this. And think about what I share with you now, because all of this makes perfect sense. It is the reality we're living in now, and it's a strange reality. It's hard to fathom and put your arms around this reality. Really, it is. I mean, we just and then we think we're again, we, we all think we're, we're losing our minds and what's going on in society and what's happening. Well, you know, again, until we really look at the root causes of these things, and this would explain a lot. It would explain a lot of what's going on with the COVID scenario, uh, you know, what's happening in our law enforcement scenario, what's happening in our military scenario, what's happening in the, the looting of the stores and the, the racist remarks and all these trials that are being, you know, publicized from coast to coast. And uh, so let's listen in to this uh, very interesting uh little piece about snowmen. It is getting to be that time of year, isn't it? Depending upon where you live, right? Well, the first snowfall of the season came overnight. Well, upon awakening, I saw the ground was covered with a beautiful, glistening white blanket of fresh snow, perfect for a snowman. You know, and if we've if you've lived anywhere up to the north, you you know that picture. You can just picture that in your mind if you've ever lived anywhere where there's snowfall. I mean, it's it's a beautiful uh, visual. 
And, you know, it is kind of enjoyable. Nothing like getting out and building a snowman, right? Well, that was then, and this is now. Here's what happened during the next uh, few hours of this snowman building exercise. So, the, and, and this starts at like at eight o'clock in the morning. I made a snowman. Just a few minutes later, a feminist passed by and asked me why I didn't make a snow woman. Well, so I, I made a snow woman. Well, then my feminist neighbor complained about the snow woman's voluptuous chest, saying it objectified women everywhere. Well, then surely the gay couple living nearby threw a hissy fit and moaned it could have been two snowmen instead. But then surely the transgender man, woman, person asked why I didn't make one snow person with detachable parts. And then the vegans at the end of the street complained about the carrot nose because, well, veggies are food, should never be wasted decorating snow figures. Well, here's where it really gets interesting. I was called a racist because my snow couple was white. Well, then I used food coloring to make the snow couple more racially inclusive. Well, next, I was accused of using blackface on the snow person. Man. And well, then the Middle Eastern gentleman living across the street demanded the snow woman be completely covered. The police arrived in response to a report of potential domestic violence from the snows. Well... The feminist neighbor complained again that the snow woman's broomstick needed to be removed because it depicted all women as domestic servants. The city's council on equality, the enforcement officer arrived and threatened me with eviction, which was never explained. Well, then a TV news crew from MSNBC showed up. I was asked if I knew the difference between snowmen and snow women. Well, I replied, snowballs. And I'm not reported now as a sexist. Next, a live report by the MSNBC News crew stated, I was a suspected terrorist, racist, homophobe, and sensibility offender, bent on stirring up trouble during difficult weather. <laughs> I was asked if I had any accomplices. Well, then my children were taken by social services. Far left protesters offended by everything marching down the streets demanding that I be arrested. My boss called and fired me because of the negative association with work shown by the live MSNBC news report, which was now all over social media. Well, while it was still way too early, I decided, well, I needed to relax, so I hit the bong. Well, code enforcement stopped by to give me a citation for building snow people without a permit. So I offered them a hit, and we sat for the next two hours staring at the snow people while fixing all the ills of the world. (laughs) The moral of this story, my friends, there ain't no moral to the story. It is what this world has become because of a bunch of snowflakes. (laughs) Well, I just had to share that one with you. I got to tell you what, the the snow, the snow people, huh? The snow people. But you know, how much truth do you think there is in that? How, How much truth? How about about all of it? 
I mean, any any of those little isms there, any of those pieces of that story uh, are happening. They happen every day in real life. And, he, and it just it, it's an interesting story with the the moral is how it just shows you how screwed up we are as a people. So it gets my mind thinking more like, why, why are we going down these roads? What, what's going on? Who's driving? Like I said, who's controlling the narrative? Because this is this is all getting I mean, we really are becoming unglued. As I say the other day, we're a mess. And, and then you, you see a story like this and you just shake your head and, you know, it's funny, of course. Yeah, sure. Naturally. Now, if it was all a fairy tale, it'd even be funnier. But it's not. It's real life. And, you know, it's we're pitted against each other. I mean, people are there. It's no longer acceptable to have your your ideas, your thoughts, and everything has got to be uh, politically correct as the woke crowd take the entire conversation over. And then I think in the terms of who gave the permission to these little nerds and turds to do what they do, who, who, where does this come from? Who gave them permission? And why did they get the attention of, of all of these stories? Because this, you know, just about all news stories fit into this narrative. Uh, and, you know, unless you fix the root cause of these kinds of problems, they're going to impact about every story that's coming down the pike here. Really, it is. And no matter if it's a Rittenhouse story or the walking short Christmas parade or the looting that's going on all over California and New York, for that matter. So who exactly is controlling the narrative? And, and I wonder also, do the people who make these arguments, the, the snow people arguments there, do they know how silly they look? Do they even care? You know, no, they, they don't care. And they probably know how silly they look, but, but these people have become the loudest voices and they get the most attention. They're the minority, keep in mind. I, I tell you that all the time. The, the loony bin, it is the, uh, believe me, true. It, so we're not all going crazy. It, it's not all as whacked out as we think it is. It, it, is, it is the minority. I mean, the vast majority of people don't see the world through the eyes of this story of snow people here. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of this. I'm sure of it. But it seems like they are because all the attention is put on that because the, the minority, they get the attention that, that, you know, squeaky wheel syndrome, I guess. Right. And the real culprits in this, I tell you all the time, is the media, the media elite who report all this stuff and sensationalize it all and throw all the stories out there. So which was one of the things I asked her right up front there is it the media class who profess to be the news talkers. But as everyone knows, they are fulfilling their duties to a higher corporate hierarchy. And they are really it is a detestable agenda and, and, they, and it is corruption of the worst kind, but they do it. And they get paid to do it. So then you have to look at the people in the hierarchy of those media companies. And that's and those people would probably be in that other line with the smoky filled rooms, the, the ones full of fossil fuels now. Right. The, the the aroma from that. That's the Bill Gates, Barack Obama crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the Al Gore crowd. Yeah. They, the the Lanacato, Lena, Leonardo. DiCaprio, is that who it is? 
Yeah, the ones who, you know, they, they have, they float their boats, they drive their limos, they fly their planes, they hire the illegal immigrants and, you know, they bitch about everything, right? But, you know, this is all to maintain the lifestyle they've been accustomed to is they want the rest of the world to bow down to them. I mean, it is pretty sick. And this is, you know, this sort of crosses the line of really the globalist thinking, this, this thinking, style of thinking where, where, uh, where America is being taken now. America is being forced. It's like it's being pulled on a, on, a, on a rope here and we're being forced to toe the line with the globalists, the thinkers here, these people. It, it, it is the, the Marxist left is really the elite crowd. This is the, the 1% that everybody, that Democrats talk about at the lower levels I talk about the 1%, but, you know, they, they pigeon that. They teamed up with the media to think it was the Republican crowd. It's not. It, it just wasn't. It isn't. You see what I mean? The Republican crowd are the hardworking business people. They're the people trying to raise their families. They're the, these are the decent Americans. These are the people. I mean, come on, people. Come on. Come on. That's the way it is. Now, not all of them keep in mind. There's a lot of imposters in there. Now, they call them rhinos, but there are a lot of imposters in there as well. See, and that's where I think they have a big edge, actually, because we don't do the same thing here. You see, one of the things we really need to be doing here is we need to take patriotic Americans, yeah, you know, people who believe in the Constitution, People who understand this snow people story is ridiculous on its face and don't care about the politically correct crowd, right? The people who stand for the flag get goosebumps when the national anthem is playing. You know, those kind of people, you know, that's, that's my crowd. Let's get those people and infiltrate the Marxist left, just like they do to us, the bastards, right? So let's put our people into their crowds and stir that all. What do you think about that? It's a great idea. Right. We don't seem to have any of those in the left. You know, they're all gone cocoa for cocoa puffs over there. But I think we need to do what you see. That's where the left is actually brilliant. They're packaging, they're marketing, their 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 reputations as being imposters. But they pull it off on the, the volume of people, the sheeple who follow all this nonsense. And, and it's the same people, the, the sheeple I speak about, who elect these political operatives, that third item I told you about, which really blows my mind, this one, that they're elected to serve their fellow citizens. And then the same people we elect sell us out. And this happens all over the country. Like you think of a lot of those cities in California and you, you just can't get your mind wrapped around this thing. How people, I mean, of any imagination, of any political stripe, would continue to elect a Dianne a Feinstein or a Nancy Pelosi or any of these cats, you know, who've destroyed their cities and their markets. They've gone beyond woke. They're now in broke territory. It's a shame what's happened. So you think about, you know, even like the last election, I think, well, will Californians be that stupid that they really like put Adam Schiff back in office? Like, you know, right? Because I, I had, you know, some of the people running against him is like, no, nah, they wouldn't be that stupid, would they? Would like, would they be that stupid to like, you know, lose this opportunity to get Newsom gruesome out of office? Would they, would, could they be that stupid? I mean, where does that come from, right? 
This is a guy who's totally obliterated their lives, used COVID as every excuse in the book to steal every liberty he could possibly steal. Hmm. Remarkable. And so I, I think, again, of root causes. Where does all the insanity come from? And then you look at all that looting that's going on. I mean, this is really happening, people. You know, they got that whole thing now. What is it, 950 bucks or something like that? I guess whatever the number is that you can you can steal up to that number. No worries, no problem. You, It's less trouble than a parking ticket, uh, legitimately. And you just walk. Or, you know, people that do all these things and then they, they get off. There's no bail. They get off. They, they do it again. I see one story uh, yesterday, so many three times within 36 hours. I imagine some of them are trying to get the, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records. How many times you can screw people over in a short period of time, right? And the people do this, the DAs, the prosecutors, you know, the systems, they're, it's evil, it's corrupt. And they're all, again, everybody says, well, they're run by one of the guys in that smoky filled room of fossil fuels you talked about, Malcolm. You didn't mention them earlier, but that's the George Soros who's doing the DA. Well, why did we let them get away with it? I mean, it's got to be something to do to expose this. Obviously, the media is not exposing anything. That that falls into that other bucket I told you about. But but these political operatives, this is the worst kind. Are, are, they, this really gets me. These are our fellow citizens. These are our friends and family and people we might know in the neighborhood, right? These are these people. These are people like us. They're supposed to represent us. It's not the fossil fuel crowd. And yet they go up there and they sell us out at the first possible moment. They rob us blind in the process and they destroy everything that we stand for. And that really is, that's self-inflicted people. That is self-inflicted. That's nasty. That's nasty stuff. Self-inflicted, I tell you. And so... You know, I, the three buckets I put out there, the root causes, they all have a piece in this, clearly. Now, then I think like, OK, so then you get really conspiratorial in nature. You know, here's a theory for you. you know, so do these people gather somewhere on a convention at a convention on some sort of an island? I, I don't know. I'm just asking. Do they do that? Or maybe they fly in one of Elon Musk's uh, uh, missiles, uh, rockets to another planet somewhere, and they meet there and then come back. Maybe those are some of the alien sightings we're having recently from our military. Oh, we got some aliens off the coast here. Maybe it's that they're coming back from those meetings with Elon Musk. Could be. Right? I mean, it's insane. The insanity is beyond it all. And and the old saying is, you know, you. You, you know, what was it that we, we were taught as kids, you know, doing the same thing and expect a different result is the definition of insanity, banging your head against the wall, you know, and of course the blood will start dripping, right? I mean, that's the insanity mode. But you know, these people, they do it for the pleasure of doing it and they continue to do it, friends. And it is a pleasurable moment. It's not insanity to them. It's a joy of their lives. This is the evil component of what we're dealing with today in today's world. But that's how sick it is. And you see, again, the, the, the snowman story puts it out there perfectly. And when I read that the other day, it got my head spinning, you know, really like, oh, man, there's so this is rich. There's so much. Genius. I got to share this with my listeners, man. They're going to they're going to really uh, get a chuckle out of this story. Now, sure, it's a chuckle. 
but it is also a sad state of affairs. I mean, it's very, very sad state of affairs that we're dealing with this today. And again, now we take a look at some of these root causes and, you know, uh, the one narrative that continues to play out is racism. Again, this is where the left is brilliant. They know how to use every tool available. They are the racist people. And they point out to everybody, oh, look, there's another rabbit. Look, 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 look. Oh, over there, Fred, another rabbit over there. We're all looking at the shiny object syndrome. And these people just run around. Everything is racist. And of course, they are the racists. They are the keepers of the KKK. They are the ones who would love to have slavery reenacted. They're the ones who developed and built the plantation. I mean, these are the most corrupt people on the planet. And they run around with the shiny object syndrome telling us all we're racist. What's wrong with that picture? That's really happening. You take the case of Ahmaud Arbery. You've been following that case out of Georgia, right? Now, I talked about this with you all about a year, year and a half ago. We did a couple of programs on this because I seen it for what it was when it happened. Those uh, people were guilty as hell. No doubt about it in my mind. I mean, white, black, blue, orange, green. I don't really give a rat's ass what color they are. You don't have ever any right to take another human life for, for that purpose. Right? I mean, this guy, it's not like he had weapons and was threatening them or anything else. So I, I get an uh, email in from the New York Times. Uh, I'd love to keep up on uh, what the Marxists left are doing. You know how that goes, you know. And the email has some interesting things in it to share with you here. Words and deeds, the most effective way to achieve racial justice can sometimes be to downplay race. Now, that was a head turn to that opening sequence there of words. It was like, this is the New York Times saying this? I mean, these are like, this is the initial race baiters, if there ever were any. This is the group right here. So now they're coming out and, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're morning email to me because I'm, I'm such a... Uh, uh, a big voice here for them that they, you know, email me along with a few other million people, of course, you know, you know, the most effective way to achieve racial justice can sometimes be to downplay race. Well, that's something they never have done in their lives. Downplay race. Like I say, the left, they don't ever downplay race. They use every opportunity to showcase it and to call people out with all kinds of ugly names, white supremacists, vigilante. These are all the new names now. Right? This is it. This is as they're stealing us blind over here to the side. This is all the shiny object stuff. We sit and you know, dispute with each other. Why, again, why they steal everything with the economy and inflation and open borders and foreign policy and anything that really doesn't matter or is not going to have an impact in your life. They get away with everything else as they screwed the country up while, you know, we're talking about, well, you know, these cases that we nationalize and racial justice. But now they're recommending they, that maybe maybe the answer is to downplay race. Again, they're always thinking now that they got it out there and we're all fighting with each other, beating the hell out of each other. Right. Come on. Right. I mean, that's what's happening. Now they say, well, let, oh, I got it. I got it. Let's downplay race. <laughs> I mean, it's like going to a cockfight and they're in there tearing each other up. And then, well, let's uh, let's just change the narrative here a minute. You know, you got blood all over your face. You look like a mess. It's ah. You know, the narrative doesn't change that way, people. You can't downplay race at this point. You got us, you got all America as a racist nation. All around the world, they're laughing like hell at us. Black, white, brown, yellow, green, all over the world. 
laughing at America. Yeah, America, they're, they think they're the racist country. It's hysterical. You know, it's really happening. So the New York Times says here, that may seem like a counterintuitive idea. Oh, okay. And it can certainly feel unsatisfying to people who are committed to reducing the toll of racism in the United States. <laughs> it's hysterical. The people who edge racism on at every turn. But it's one of the lessons of the murder convictions last week of three white men in Georgia in the killing of Ahmaud Arbery, a 25-year-old black man. Now, I want to revisit the case because it has a broader relevance to American politics. By now, you're probably familiar with the basic facts. And, and I don't know if you follow this story, friends, but basically, Aubrey, uh, Aubrey, this area, uh, first of all, is a predominantly white area of Georgia, okay? And, and Georgia is one of those communities, you know, I mean, it's, uh, there's some white areas, some black areas. It's uh, you know, still the South. I mean, there are a lot of people that have issues there for whatever. And listen, you know, it's hard to, let me say this something to you. It's hard to really judge or know what's in somebody's heart. You really don't know. Even these three cats, there could have been a dumbass white person walking down the road. Somebody, these guys are just vigilante. This is the definition of vigilantes here. Could have been white, could have been black, could have been yellow. I don't really know. They could be racers. Absolutely. No, you, you know, and, and the New York Times points that out with their social media. Well, sure. A lot of people say, say stupid things. I don't really know what's in their heart. They well could be racist. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I mean, it, there are tendencies of that because the guy they killed is black, but that guy could have been a dumb white guy. If you're an idiot or you're a vigilante, I'm not sure you sit and prevent, you know, you want to ram ramsack somebody over and beat them up or shoot them or, you know, because it's the fun thing to do for that day. I don't know how much the color plays into it. You know, there, there's a lot of stupid white people being shot and killed every day, by the way. Okay. A lot of other kind of people, too, not just the black person here, but the media loves to showcase this because, you know, get no, but not in this case, of course. New York Times is going to be counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, you got to love it. So they say racism played a clear role in the killing. One of the defendants used a slur shortly after the shooting, according to another defendant. All three had a history of sending online messages tinged with white nationalism. Now, that could mean anything right there. That's the New York Times talking. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a potato patata kind of thing, you know? Nonetheless, the prosecutor in the case, Linda Dunikowski, decided mostly to ignore race. Now, listen to this here. It's interesting. Uh, she accused the defendants of having a racist motive only once in a single line of her closing argument. She instead portrayed them as lawless figures who killed a young man. Well, that's exactly right. I'd say Dunikowski here got it right you know, brilliant strategy. I don't know what her political stripe is. I don't know. Uh, before the verdict, some observers criticized her strategy, saying that Donikowski was weakened in her case by ignoring the defendant's motive, which they'd already, of course, because we're all, because we are a racist nation, that would have to be the logical conclusion, right? There were a lot of people who thought that it should have been very central to her argument. Now, no doubt it, it would have been, but Donikowski was deliberately leaving out a big part of the story. She was doing so for a reason. And listen to this now, or so it seems. She had not publicly discussed her strategy. Okay, good. Uh, she evidently believed that emphasizing race would be a gift to the defense. And here's why. It could cause the jurors 
all but one of them, uh, whom were white, to, to retreat to their ideological corners. You see, because conservative jurors would be reminded that they often disagree with allegations of racism. Many political moderates disagree sometimes too, especially if they're white. On the other hand, any juror is likely to be appalled by the racial nature of their case. Three white men killing a black man in broad daylight would recognize the role of race without needing to be told about it. Okay, people. Now, put that all over there on the side, please. Are you with me still here? You're with me? All right. So that's how prosecutor plays it out here. That's what happens in the great state of Georgia. And, uh, and they were guilty, rightfully so. You, 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 you have no right to take another life like that. that. That man was doing nothing to them, period. Totally different animal than the Rittenhouse case, let's be clear. Somebody has a gun, going to shoot your head off. You, you have one cause of action, people. That's called self-defense there. That is called the Second Amendment deal. And I don't care what color you are. And in that particular case, that's, that was a whole different story, wasn't it? They were white. They were all white, but that didn't fit their narrative. Doesn't fit any of this. And as sort of that's not part of the counterintuitive point of view because they made racism the order of the day. They were still doing it. The New York Times is guilty as charged. Right? But that doesn't fit that narrative. So there's no counterintuitive nature to that story with Rittenhouse people. What's wrong with that? I mean, that's all white. But see, that's it. We're because we're a racist nation. We even think if we go after somebody within our own race, we're racist. That's how racist we are as a nation. White over white and black on black. And, you know, we're just racist. And then look at the Waukesha Christmas parade. Sadder than hell, this story is. This other scumbag, Daryl Brooks Jr. Got a record from here to you know where. But that's another story, isn't it? with our justice system, it's a joke. And this guy just decides to go off one day and run people over. And I mean, you know, and I have to tell you, I see the video of that guy. I get, oh, I get so angry when I see it. Then I think of the lives that were just totally obliterated from this scum. And I, and I see the SUV coming down as he started to pick up speed. I don't know if you've seen the same video I did. And you see the little kid to the side in the pink. Uh, so I think it was pink, as I recall the video. I don't have it in front of me, but I just remember that visual. It was a little, little kid. And the truck goes speeding by. Now, that SUV could have easily pulled in and taken out, uh, the truck could have easily taken out that kid or that side of the parade because it just whizzed right by the kid and the kid was out there in the middle of the street. You know, you don't think you're going to get run over at a parade where the roads are all closed, you know? So obviously the parents and the kids out there, they're having a good time, but completely passes that kid. And I thought, Oh my God, that kid is, I mean, sadly is a lucky kid or happily is a lucky kid, but should never be what happened there. But I mean, had, had, Brooks decided to turn the wheel to the right, they would have taken out that little child and anyone else beyond that kid that I couldn't see in the camera. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was vulnerable that day is what I'm saying. And as you see the video and you see that, that, that vehicle come down the boulevard, you sort of know that it's, it's, uh, it's just the luck of the draw. It's always sometimes in life, friends, it's being in the wrong place at the wrong time, sadly. It's like when you know, there's previous shootings in the theaters, 
wrong place, wrong time. Not you're not guilty of anything, but you just cast in your life. You're done. It's over. I mean, think about that, really, huh? Just you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, coming across some evil critter who's going to do something, whether it's murder, mayhem, rape, whatever it might be, the worst of society the evil part of society, and you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wow. I think about that all the time. I think about it for my kids. I think about it for others. I, I worry about that because there are so many screwballs out there and people who've lost their collective senses or maybe never had them to begin with, you see? And then we can't live our lives in fear either, can we? You see? So... Unless we're just in the wrong place at the wrong time and our life is snuffed out and it's over and done with. That's it. Over. You had your fill and you're done. Now, who makes those decisions? Of course, that could get into a big religious talk, of course. To be, well, God made that decision. Well, God doesn't make all these choices. Free will is here on the planet. And I know a lot of people give a lot of credence to God for this kind of, uh, you know, these kind of things. But it doesn't work that way, people. Human beings have free will. And we do these things of what we do. And I don't know whether they're preordained or we know what's going to happen or not happen, you know? Yeah, but this, uh, this parade was something else. And yet, you know, the media is so silent on this. Nobody's talking about this. Why? Well, because in that case, right? In that case, what? The murderer was a black man with a record from here to another planet. I mean, he had a long list of things, people. He was a corrupt individual with a corrupt mind. That was a black man. So that doesn't fit the media narrative. That doesn't fit the counterintuitive argument that the New York Times makes, of course. Doesn't fit that. No more than Rittenhouse fits that, right? But surely the other one does, Ahmad Aubrey. So they'll keep writing about that one and pushing it out there, how America is a racist nation. And we shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. But it never does the flip side of that, where, where stupid white people go off the deep end and do things, or stupid black people go off the deep end and do things, because they do. It happens in all different ethnicities. It's, it's not a one particular race or what have you. It happens. But the Walkershaw Christmas Parade is really getting no attention at all. And this Daryl Brooks is getting no attention at all. You see? That one is, that they just don't even want to talk about it. But I, I guarantee you, I promise you on my life, people, if the colors were reversed in that one there, the Waukesha Christmas Parade, and the dude with the truck was driving down there was a white dude, okay? Uh, especially when they could pin to any comment he's made in his entire life that they could paint him as a white supremacist. You understand where I'm at? Right? And God forbid he hit a couple, three black people. And, you know, and I don't know how many people were, were they were all one color or not. I don't even know. Like 60 people were injured. Some are on ventilators. And this was pretty screwed up, this deal. And then you see the little boy that died who will never have a light taken from this planet, from some lunatic because of the corrupted DAs and the, the shitty justice system. Yeah, liberty and justice for all. Give me a break. Breaks my heart, I have to tell you. It really, really does. Well, that's where we're at, people, in society right now. And then you see what's happening to all the stores and throughout the country here that are all being looted and going to hell. And then we say, wow, what's going on? Man, what's happening here? We're losing our, we're, we're losing our minds. Where's the country going? I come back to those three buckets where I started the program. 
and the story of the snowman as well. It's fascinating, people. It's also fascinating when you dissect these things and you really begin to look at the root causes of where it's going, why people are the way they are, why we are having these kinds of problems, and why do we allow the media forces like the New York Times and so many others, countless others, why we allow them the power that they possess over we the people? And why do we the people continue to send our fellow citizens to Washington of the worst kind? These are things, these are simple things that need to be answered. I mean, if we're going to fix this thing and move forward, why? And that is the problem, people, right? Well, you know, you're going to fix the problem. You've got to, you're going to solve the problem. You've got to understand the problem. And in order to do that, you've got to get up to what we do here on The Voice of a Nation. You've got to get up to 30, 35,000 feet, where we're at right now. In a moment, I'm going to bring on a special guest as well, and we'll talk about uh, some of these root causes uh, and, uh, and how we might fix some of these things as well. In the meantime, I want to also remind you, I did my walk today, by the way. So my question for you out there, listen, have you got out and walked today? Right? Got to get out and walk, got to get out, see the trees, got to get out and breathe, enjoy this life. Don't live in fear. Don't live in fear. I see people out there still to this day walking out with masks in the, in the open space with nobody around. It's hard to imagine, people. It's hard to imagine that people have lost their minds in such a way, but they have. It's important lifestyle is one of the you know it's one as you can sense now it's one of the underlying things i've always talked to you about for years but we don't take care of ourselves we're going to have nothing left because we're not going to be here for the fight ahead uh, it really is all about a healthy mindset healthy lifestyle and and it starts with getting out and exercise and doing things of the nature but it also comes with you know you hear through the COVID exercise a lot of things i make sure in fact i just got a text in from a friend in europe they say malcolm are you taking your zinc are you taking your vitamin d are you taking your vitamin a and and really this I mean, it's true i just got it in this morning and uh I, you know and i laugh inside i, I gotta email him back and i said joel of course i'm taking all this stuff i mean come on come on come on what do you think here i'm a schmuck of course i am and I take healthy cell to boot. Of course I do. I mean, come on now, come on. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's our immune system. If we have a healthy immune system, we're gonna be able to fight things. If we don't, we're gonna lose. It's, it's that simple, people. You gotta get all that in you. And again, our, our healthy cell, what's really cool about healthy cell is you can get it in gel form. Doesn't have to be, some people don't like pills. I don't have a problem with either. I do both. I do the gel and I do the pills. Listen, I got to be here. So I'm here for the fight to help you folks out. So, you know, I got to take care of myself, right? So they have a, they have a, uh, the daily regimen, AM, PM. I take those. It's fabulous. Outstanding. Been four years I've been taking, coming up in four years now. Uh, but they also have the immune super boost. And that's been back ordered. It's been such in demand. That's coming back in just a couple of weeks, I believe. But, but anyways, they have REM sleep focus. And they have a new product called AC11. You have to check this one out. It is outstanding. I'm taking it. Dr. Peter McCullough is taking it. A lot of the folks on the network are taking it now. Uh, at America, we're going to have the healthiest media network on the planet here, I, sh I, I, I assure you. <laughs> but HealthyCell.com, all of our listeners get 20% off if you use the code OUTLOUD, or just go to HealthyCell.com forward slash OUTLOUD, 
Or you can click one of the banner ads, by the way, back at America Out Loud as well, when you get over there to read the stories and listen to the podcast and share them. Share them with the world, please. Let's wake people up to the truth, the out loud truth. Anyways, I recommend Healthy Cell very much, my friends. And please take care of yourself and really, truly, honestly, get out and walk and enjoy. We want to take a quick pause here. We'll be back. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. There was a time when Americans could rely on the Fourth Estate. Well, in these challenging times, the media is both reckless and complicit. AmericaOutloud.com. Top analysis from leading experts, articles, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You see these uh, recent cases of ballooning going on. We'll be talking about the breaking down of society and, and where I started with the snowman story. And of course, I don't know that the snowman can steal things. Uh, I haven't seen any stories about that necessarily. But of course, that's not to say that they're not going to dress up as snowmen and start ramsacking stores either. But some of these uh, stores uh, that are being looted here now is I, I've never seen anything like I would have never imagined this. I mean, if you had told me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, as a young lad growing up, this was going to happen, I'd have said you were a damn fool. I would have never believed you, never, that this was happening in our great country of America. Wouldn't have believed it, people. But you see you, you see some of the big stories like Nordstrom. They, they was very organized. They pull up with all these cars and they, they steal all kinds of stuff. Same thing, the uh, Louis Vuitton in Chicago. See, that's happened in Chicago as well. It's not just L.A. or California. Uh, New York. It's all those beautifully domestically privileged uh, uh, Democrat-run fabulous cities and markets. They do such a splendid job where people get shot and killed moment by moment. Yeah, or they rob the stores, like in this case, you know, or the Neiman Marcus, a mob of thieves, uh, and the GameStop store. And there, there's uh, there's a whole bunch of them. Let me bring on now Michael McCarthy, and um, Michael is one of our. One of our peeps, one of our peeps on America Out Loud, he's a student of free market economics. Uh, what is really interesting in the piece he has up, what happens when there's nothing left to loot. Uh, it's very good. It's a good read. It's enjoyable. Go read it. Uh, but what, what I really like about it, it, it he, he does these interesting novels. And, and I love the style where he's talking about a lot of political circles, but real life events 
and he's uh, prophesizing what might happen. You know what I mean? Like this, this, and that's where you're, well, I got to ask you, Michael. I mean, you see a story that you wrote about some of this here on the rainbow option. And I got thinking about that. Did you ever think this stuff was going to come true? Well, Malcolm, I thought it would eventually come true, but it's come true a lot faster than I ever thought. And as I'm sure with all the litany of things you just described in the first half of the show, uh, back in 2014, we never thought we would be hearing this nonsense, but here it is cascading down on us. Yeah. Uh, so you you would have thought, so when you wrote that, that was 2014. So you probably thought, okay, somewhere ahead, maybe I don't, and, and I think sometimes that way too, Mike, I think like 50 years ahead or, you know, hundred years ahead, like things are going to be really weird here. I mean, how much weirder can they get now? Well, they can still get weirder for sure. If we don't, certainly we don't start to fix things. So you thought eventually it could happen, but you never expected it would be happening here in 2021. No, I didn't. I was thinking maybe 20 years out, but uh, I thought it is going to happen unless we change course. What you mentioned earlier about if you do the same thing over and over again, the definition of insanity, yeah. uh, the politicians have kept doing the same thing over and over again and, and doing it harder. And of course, that proposition uh, that the Californians passed to decriminalize the thefts of $950 or less, right. that was just a green light. Say, hey, go out and have a good time, go steal. You just get a slap on the wrist and you get turned out again, do the same thing over again. Now, yeah. you and I know with children, if we if we say that children are um, are misbehaving or whatever, if they don't get told or disciplined in some way, they'll do it the same thing again and again and again. And then pretty soon they're the spoiled brat that nobody likes. The other kids don't like. Other parents don't like them. Well, this is what's happened to our nation with these select grievance groups, as you mentioned in your snowman uh, monologue, mm -hmm. that um, just by calling myself a grievance group, I get special privileges. Mm. And then I can get away with stuff. And so, oh, you can't blame Mike. He's one of these uh, special privilege groups. Uh, so he can't be held responsible. It's okay for him to do the things he does. So naturally, I escalate and do more and more and more. And then pretty soon we get into the murders, as you mentioned with the, uh, the guy driving down the middle of the parade and just knocking down little old ladies and children. And um, you think, oh, what kind of a monster? Well, he probably started with some small things and was told, oh, that's okay. You're not responsible. He was trained to do that by the liberal intelligentsia who kept telling him over and over and over again, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You've been victimized. Mm -hmm. And so he just keeps doing more and more of this stuff. Mike, is there a breaking point uh, to the, the people who are seeing this all happen, who've allowed it to happen? And, and there's a whole litany. I talked about the three buckets up front and the corrupted DAs and the, the, the shitty justice system we have here. Is there a breaking point where any of these people sort of have a V8 moment and they say, oh, my God, what's I mean, when you're seeing kids, children being mowed down in streets and, and, they, and the stories are ignored or you see you can't even defend yourself anymore while you're being shot at. Is there a breaking point or does it have to happen to their families or their? I mean, where do these people grow a brain, do you think? Well, I think they have to experience it up close and personal. You know, there was an old saying that a, a conservative was a liberal who's been mugged. Well, when it starts happening to them, see, so far they think, oh, this isn't going to happen to me. This is what happens to the little people. 
So I live in my gated community. I'm Nancy Pelosi living behind my walled mansion and they can't get at me. But if someday the doors are open and you say, well, it's okay uh, if you take $950 worth of Nancy Pelosi's stuff and you won't get uh, prosecuted, then she might wake up when she realizes here are the logical consequences of everything I've promoted all these years and saying people are victims, they can do all this stuff, and it's okay. So it's, mm. it's just been escalating all this time, but they have been immune. And soon as the, the breaking point will be when it starts happening to them. So what you're really saying there is things have to get a whole lot worse before they get better. Afraid so. You know, they, mm. they say this in Alcoholics Anonymous, that you, you, you have to hit, the drunk has to hit rock bottom before he'll finally turn around. What I'm very much afraid of and what I showed in my novel is that the nation might have to fall apart and hit rock bottom before we get it turned around, hmm. before people finally say enough is enough is enough. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of the stores now that are being heavily looted on a regular basis, uh, and um, there's a whole bunch of Walgreens that has happened to, and I remember seeing months and months and months ago, the Walgreens were pulling out. They closed like a bunch of them. I, 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 if I vaguely remember the number, I think it was eight. They closed in that San Francisco area, which, of course, is Pelosi. Finds, I mean, this is where these people live and live in their gated mansions uh, off, uh, in those areas somewhere probably not right there in the particular market, but they're somewhere in that area. And, um, you know, I, I'm just, I, I'm wondering how, with this, these, this looting that's going on, Mike, uh, the stores, how many more of these, because you mentioned that in your piece, of, you know, what happens when there's nothing left to loot. I mean, that's why a lot of them are pulling out. I mean, you're going to see a lot of these other stores. I mean, why would you put a Louis Vuitton store there that, you know, they're going to ransack it all the time or Neiman Marcus or, or they're going to, ha or here's what's going to have to happen. The other option, Mike, so they're going to have to have, as a lot of them probably already do, secured armed guards there all the time. And of course, they're still going to be threatening. They still don't go after the uh, perpetrators. They allow the, per I've seen the videos where the perpetrators just come in and they actually step back and allow them to loot the place. God, I never thought I'd see that in our country, Mike. Yeah, the employees are being told to just step back and let yeah. them loot the place. And of course, even that hasn't protected some of them. And one of those break in, um, uh, they said the, the looters came in and, and uh, sprayed mace in the, in the face of the employees. So even as the employees are backing off and letting them take whatever, mm -hmm. uh, they feel empowered that we are masters of the universe. Not only can we loot, we can uh, attack the employees. Well, sooner or later, uh, all the stores will shut down. And, and, you know, we're going for the high-end stores here, the Apple stores, the Louis Vuitton, et cetera. But it'll start coming down the value chain mm -hmm. where then it's the 7-Eleven store. Then it's the local gas mart. Then it's the... Uh, the well, like the Walgreens, store. I just said. Same thing. It's the Walgreens. Yeah, over 17 of them have been closed. Wow. And then who suffers? Not Nancy, because she probably has her... She can send her butler out for her meds or whatever, but it's the, the little guy, the little guys living in the apartments that used to be able to walk a block or two to get their meds, and now they can't. Right. Uh, so what are they going to do now? Uh, take a bus out to the, out to the suburbs uh, mm -hmm. to find a place where they can get their prescriptions filled? So yeah. as the average person starts to feel these consequences, um, that's where I feel the, the mm -hmm. tipping point or turning point will eventually be reached. Yeah. And, They've got to understand that 
it sounded okay to begin with. Like, oh, well, we, we're our court system is so backed up. We won't. Uh, we 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 don't have the manpower to prosecute all these people. So we'll just raise the bar and say you can loot nine hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff. Well, then you and I could have predicted what's going to happen there. There's even more thefts, more looting, and more. And so now um, it's so bad that the stores can't even stay in business. So this is the breakdown of capitalism, which makes things convenient for me and you that we could just go to a local grocery store, a local drugstore, and get what we need. But if those aren't there anymore, there's nothing left to loot, then who's going to suffer? You and I and the average person. Yeah. And of course, what's happening is uh, they're, they're leaving these markets, Mike, in droves. I mean, they're leaving in droves now uh, and they're moving to it's remarkable looking at the stats of the uh, people that are leaving blue cities and blue states, particularly, uh, which is where the crime and the corruption is. Uh, and now they're they're coming to, um, the, you know, the red cities and red states. The problem is we still don't know the fallout from that, if they're going to bring their politics with them or not, uh, whether anybody begins to really connect the dots here and understand it. Because, you know, all these narratives, when you're talking about the people doing the kinds of things they're doing, it really is our media throws these narratives out there, as I talked about the NYT, but they're, they're all the same. And they pick the narratives that fits some sort of an oppressive agenda. That's what they push out there. There is no truth anywhere. And a lot of people are eating this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they really believe these crazy, chaotic things that are happening. So I don't think the war we're having right now, Mike, and, and this is something we, we got to do a future program on big time, because I don't think the war, now, when you really think about what we've just talked about today, I don't, I don't really think it's about Democrat versus Republican as much anymore as it is about American people, really good people in the fight of good versus these evil forces and the three buckets I talk about up front that are trying to take us down. I think this thing is starting to take on a different life of its own. Uh, you think? Yes, absolutely. And as you say, it's not a Republican versus Democrat. It's just the average person is not connecting the dots to say, if you only give people a slap on the wrist for thieving, guess what? They're going to keep on thieving. And eventually, um, the thief ends up at your front door. And that's when people are going to wake up and say, whoa, who started this? Well, we all did in a way because we let them get by with it. And the Virginia election, for example, when all those uh, uh, parents showed up at school board meetings and said, hold on here. You can't be teaching this stuff. And then they were treated as if they were the peons saying, well, you're not allowed to come to the school board meeting. We're in charge here. We own your students. Uh, their bodies belong to us. Um, you, you see the arrogance of this ruling class uh, that want to treat us as if we're the slaves. Mm -hmm. And it's just sit down, shut up, do what you're told. And that was the start of a revolt. And I'm hoping that will spread to other states as well to say, hold it. This is totally backwards. And when you, Malcolm, referred earlier to what's happening to these politicians, mm -hmm. um, I think we really got to go for not only term limits, mm -hmm. but session limits. They got too much time on their hands. When they go off to Washington, D.C., the guy that used to be my neighbor, you think, oh, he'll do the right thing. Well, he's living among other politicians and the peer pressure starts to take over. He says, oh, to get invited to all the right cocktail parties, I've got to support all these liberal causes and I've got to agree to 
do silly things like decriminalize uh, thefts under $950. And they go along get, to get along uh, type of a situation. I think a radical solution would be, would be to say, let's start rotating uh, sessions of Congress, for example, um, to all 50 states at, at the state mm-hmm. um, Capitol buildings where average citizens can come and, and uh, listen in to what they're, what they're saying and what they're doing and what these meetings are going yeah. on. Well, for uh, sure. Have more chance to influence what the guys are doing. Right now, the only influence the politician gets is from other politicians. And you see where that's gotten us. Well, listen, I mean, it's got to come back to the fact that we've got to start to uh, elect the better of us, the better class of us, not the worst of us, because we are electing, as I say to people, we're, it's crazy with a citizen legislation like we have here. I mean, we're represented by our peers and people that we choose to send there. Uh, I, I really do think it's uh, um, a moment we have to think about why are we ascending the worst of us to Washington, D.C.? Everybody should be asking that. Um, Michael McCarthy, thank you for stopping by here. I really appreciate it. I want to tell you about his book here a moment, that 2014 novel that he wrote there, uh, The Rainbow Option. Uh, This is, uh, so he, again, prophesized that consumer goods and foods under an all-controlling government, such as we now have, he talks about the fact that all of a sudden beer shelves are everywhere and we're we're not seeing the the stuff anymore. And like we're seeing now with our ramsack in the stores or we've got the supply chain problems and everything else going on here. So that book sounds like a real great book to pick up the rainbow option. It's got to want another one in the, the Noah option as well. Those books are in the America Out Loud bookstore. You can get them on Amazon, of course, as well. And you'll see the rainbow option on the front page of America Out Loud as you hear this on America Out Loud Talk Radio, by the way. So it's real easy. Just click it and get that. Encourage you to do so. I thought it'd be great to have Mike stop in and and chat a bit with this article. Read that article as well. What happens when there's nothing left to loot? Uh, As he says, well, there's a price to pay for all this uh, insanity. Uh, And my friends, uh, there is a lot to pay for this here. So we, we, we have to understand who's controlling the narrative. Think about those root causes I, I shared with you earlier. Uh, and, and then, you know, this snowman story is, uh, in fact, I'm, I'll put the snowman story in the post here. It is an enjoyable story that we should be sharing with everybody. If nothing else, it'll tell us how, it tell will remind folks how crazy it all is out there. And uh, that uh, we're really getting to the insanity point of all of this, uh, this story. When you when you read a story like this, uh, snowman logic, I call it, you know, everything is racist today. Everything is racist. That's what it is, people. Well, listen, thank you for stopping by as well. Thank you for uh, making us part of your day here, being part of the mission. Remember, it's time to get involved and get loud.